0: Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. I know the bulk of my preaching is focused on the Gospels, and rightfully so. The Gospels are focused squarely on Jesus Christ, his life, his mission, his teaching, preaching, his passion, death, and resurrection. Well, today I want to deviate from that, and I want to focus on the first reading from Acts of the Apostles. Now, in many ways, it beckons or calls us out in a most powerful way. I always say, if you ever want to know the history of our earliest church, read the Acts of the Apostles. It best describes the birth of our church, as well as the growing pains it encounters during the first few decades of its life. Now the first reading, here we have Peter giving a very moving and evangelical speech on Pentecost morning. Peter, as well as the apostles, have just received the Holy Spirit, and now they burst out of the upper room and they begin preaching in the streets of Jerusalem. Now recall the story. The apostles are filled with the Holy Spirit, and they begin to preach in different tongues, different languages. More to it, The bystanders that are witness to this are recognizing that the apostles are so excited, it appears that they're drunk. Well, in response to this accusation, Peter stands up and in some ways clarifies to the people why they are so enthusiastic. We realize and appreciate the context in in which this story is set in. Peter now is assuming the leadership of the apostles, as well as the church, And he is speaking on behalf of the church, just like his successors, the future popes, will. Now realize, Peter never was trained in public speaking, nor was he ever trained to write a public speech. But he's doing just that. He's publicly giving a pronounced statement, a speech, with the authority of the Holy Spirit. Here's a powerful lesson for each and every one of us. If we surrender to the power of the Holy Spirit in each and every one of us, we, like Peter and the apostles, we recognize that there is no idea what we are capable of doing in the name of Jesus Christ. Well, we're going to hear a little bit more of that at Pentecost. Now, notice what Peter says here. Peter stood up with the eleven and raised his voice and proclaimed, Let the whole house of Israel know for certain that God has made both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you have crucified. What Peter just said there. That's essentially the essence of evangelical preaching. Why? Why is Peter so worked up? Because he's telling the people that their long-awaited national and religious wait is over with. For centuries, the Israelites have been longing and hoping for a Messiah. Well, this Jesus has been declared, through his resurrection from the dead, both Lord and Messiah. Now, what I want to do is take a look at both of those titles that Peter gives Jesus. First, Christ. Christ is derived from the Greek word Christos. When translated, it means Messiah or anointed one. If we consult the Psalms and the prophets of the Old Testament, we find that the Messiah was to emerge as the great champion of his people, the one who would defeat the enemies of Israel and emerge as the king of the nation. This was the hope of Israel. What's Peter saying? Jesus was the most unlikely Messiah, a crucified criminal put to death by Israelites' enemies with the collusion of the Israelite people themselves. Nonetheless, this Jesus has been declared the Messiah, the Christ. More to it, this message was not meant for the Israelites alone, but for the whole world. The misconception of the Israelite people was that the Messiah would just come for the Israelite nation and the people themselves. Well, Peter is now saying that the Messiah has come, but not just for Israel, but for the redemption of the whole world. Through the power of the resurrection of Christ, sin and death has been defeated. That's why the apostles are so excited. Now, let's go to the second title that Peter gives Jesus. He calls Jesus, Lord Now, a pious Jew in the first century would never use God's proper name this way. Lord was a title reserved uniquely for God. Here is a mind-bending, the extraordinary thing that Peter is trying to teach each and every one of us. This Jesus, whom the people crucified, is Lord. And not only is he the Christ and Messiah, he is also God. Now, for centuries before Jesus... God spoke to the Israelite people through prophets. For example, Ezekiel, Isaiah, Jeremiah. Now, they were all great, and they carried God's message to the Israelite people. But now God has come in person, firsthand, to liberate the world. Now we can understand why Peter and the apostles were so excited, to the extent that the people mistook them as being drunk. Now, I think this is very important for us to stop right here and think about this message. Now, for us living in the 21st century, we grow up knowing Jesus Christ, his life, his teaching, his passion, death, his story. What's the potential trap for us to take all of it for granted? It's somewhat difficult for us to understand the apostles' sense of excitement. God himself came into this world and defeated the greatest enemy of this world, sin and death. Now, can you imagine any better news? Can you imagine anything more exciting than this? So then why is it that we can watch someone on TV trying to sell something, maybe a piece of exercise equipment, and they have such great excitement, more than some Christians are excited about their faith? Again, just stop and think. When was the last time that you thought of Jesus' death and resurrection, and that now he, Jesus Christ, is present in your life. Our God, the God who created this entire universe, the God that single-handedly saved us, is now present in your life, actively present in your life, guiding you to your final destination, which is heaven itself, eternity with God. Now, if we are not shocked by that, If we don't stand in awe by that, then we're not paying attention. Next in the story, it says the people were cut to the heart. Now that's the deepest and most lethal cut because the heart is the most vital organ in our whole body. This is Peter's message and it affected them deeply at the very core of who the people were. A good question we can ask ourselves, does Jesus' teaching, his death and resurrection, his presence in our life cut us to the heart and resonate deeply with inside of us. If Jesus is the Lord of our life, then everything else in our life is secondary to him. Now, in the story, it says the people asked Peter, what should we do? Now, that's a great question for all of us. It gives us another great lesson. We cannot intellectualize faith. We cannot just read a book or listen to a lecture From a very intelligent person and say, you know, that's really interesting about Jesus, but then continue on in our same life. Well, that's not faith at all. But if faith cuts you to the heart, then you are compelled to ask that same question What are we to do? Why? Because if our faith cuts us to the heart, it demands actions, it demands change and change for the better. Notice Peter's response. Repent and be baptized. Repent, that was the very first word that Jesus spoke when he began his ministry. Repent, that was the message of John the Baptist as he prepared the people to receive Jesus into their life. Well, now it's Peter's response to that question. Repent, which means what? Change. Change your heart, your mind, and your soul, your will, and your intellect. Orientate your whole life Into Jesus Christ. If you hear the message of Jesus Christ and you haven't changed and you remain the same, you haven't heard it right. You haven't taken the message to the heart. But if you heard this message and taken it to the heart, then you are naturally compelled to repent and change for the better. You want to reorder your life to Jesus Christ. See, when we do that, then we will feel that we belong. We belong in a life shared with Jesus Christ. We believe. We believe Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior, into whom our life is ordered to. And finally, cut to the heart, we now become. We become the person that God created us to be. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.